Blue Tiger Revenge. Brought to you by... Narpig! Hit the music. another episode of the biggest the baddest and some say the best that the intellectual dark web of comic book podcasts has to offer that's right we are blue tiger revenge because everybody knows the revenge is best served by the blue tiger i am comic book creator tad galusha and the other words know that's the milk the milkman a milkman, and with me is uh, the man, the myth, the legend. You know him, I know him, we all love him. The king of beards, That's Big right. Brian Bales. What's happening? Nothing much, man. You've got uh, you've got some some hot frothy tiger milk to throw at us. Uh, I do. The, uh, as as the uh, I guess a, a blue tiger correspondent. Yeah. Uh, a reporter, if you will. That's right. That's a right. reporter for the pop cultural forests that are the world i don't know <laughs> that works <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's been a uh it's been a good weekend for me for uh uh for pop culture stuff you know uh yeah yes yeah it's so been watching uh the new cowboy bebop on netflix the live action which is interesting because it seems like it's very the response is either I love it or I hate it. Yeah. And I would let me preface this by saying I have not seen uh the anime. So So you love it. You're like, oh, so much style, I, so much fun. I love the style. I love the 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 space noir jazz, all of that, that whole vibe that they got going on in there. Um Meanwhile, back in nineteen ninety seven. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It already happened. For sure. For sure. You know, um, I think, uh, you know, John Cho and the rest of the cast are, they did a really good job casting. I love Ayn. The Corgi is awesome. Um, Now, I haven't watched the show, but I'm just going to say you really need to watch the anime. That's what I'm going to watch next. So I'm going to watch the live action, which I've thoroughly enjoyed so far. Um, And then I'm going to go and watch the anime. I know that... Adaptations are hard, right? No matter no matter what way, whether it's like coming from a book, a comic, a video game, you know, whatever it might be, or an anime, whatever it might be, they're hard to do. And, and let's be honest, they always say that, like, oh, hey, you know, there's a reason why things would be, say, adapted into a comic form because the budget is there. You don't have to. You're not so reliant on budget. And I would say there's even movies now that can do things that comics can't. Sure. But when it comes to like you're adapting an anime, which is an animation, a sci-fi. Yeah. Again, they were going like full tilt. There's all types of stuff that 
as a live action, you are going to be limited by your budget. It, you're going to have to say the production is is great. From from I'm on the ninth out of the out of ten episodes. So oh wow, you know the production. I haven't had any issues with it whatsoever. I think it, I you know I think it's been great. You know there hasn't been wonky CGI or anything like that. I'd be curious to see if they did adaptations of episodes or if they just did a continuation of the, the you know the that original season. I that would be so I'd be very curious. Seems to me and again somebody having not seen the anime, it seems yeah. to me like um you know like they're meeting some people people for the first time in this one. <laughs> Then it's an adaptation of the of of the original okay. uh, series. Okay. It's not, um, but again, you know that's the one thing is like there's a huge swath of the I will just say pop culture landscape that's not into animation. That's definitely right. not into anime. Right. So I'm not I, a know, big never, anime guy. I'm not a big anime right. guy. You know. I, like I never have problems with adaptations because I, I always try and keep that in mind, especially when you're adapting things from animation sure. to live action. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I can understand why people would be upset. Like, oh, sure. it's not as good. It's like, of course not. It's different. It's just different. It's, it's going to be, be different. different. They're not. Thing. They're not going to do like um, an exact adaptation. You know what I mean? They're going to take right. creative freedoms and and change things up a little bit. And um, let's be honest, Cowboy Bebop was a was like is considered like one of the top. Like animes, you know, that come out of the '90s. It was a big deal when it came out. Right. It's still a big deal. It's still heavily referenced. Like it was way ahead of its time. It's very unique. So, like comparing a new adaptation with the original is, I sometimes probably not fair. Sure. It's, you know. Sure. You just can't. It's like it's you, it's, it, it's not fair to do it, but it's also hard not to. Right. You know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah exactly. Like I yeah. remember this old show that came out. Um, late, kind of uh, like late two thousands, like two thousand eight, two thousand nine, somewhere around there, and it mm-hmm. was based off of books. And uh, I really, I really liked the show. And then my buddy was like, "No, nah, man, you got, you got to read the books." And so then I read the books, and I was like, "This show is dog shit." After <laughs> you know, well, yeah. And you know what's funny is that most of the stuff that you see on television, especially mm-hmm. film, is adapted from some kind of book. Absolutely, yeah. It's just most of those books you, people just haven't read. Right. They just haven't read it. Right. You know. So we're like, oh, that movie was great. Meanwhile, the book is like probably way better. Yeah. You know? Well, you, you know, you you can. There's always going to be more. You have to cut things to fit it into a two-hour. Yeah. Show. Like I would make the argument, Jurassic Park. Is not that great of an adaptation. It's an awesome movie, right? And it used a lot of the elements from the original story. But if you read the the original novel, dude, it's not even. You just it's like twenty percent of what the novel gives you. Then you know what I mean. Like mm-hmm. it's the movie just is not even comparable. But most people haven't read the book, right? That's why I appreciate you know, um, you know, like Netflix and Amazon and and things like that where they can really go into it and give you, you know, eight, nine episodes to really flesh out um, yeah. a book. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. That's why I really yeah. appreciate that. And then, yeah, so I've been enjoying that. And then, yep, we saw Ghostbusters Afterlife yesterday. Okay. This is what, because this is one of those things. Ghostbusters is such a beloved, iconic film of the 80s that they tried to reboot it once. 
and it was not well received. It also just wasn't, even though I know some people loved it and it had some great character things going for it, just overall it seemed like it wasn't just that great of a film. Correct. Uh, at least that was the overall I would agree census. With that. I would some agree people with that. would be like, no, it's the best film ever. And it's like, okay, sure. Um, but like I said, there were some really interesting, like I like what they did with some of like the characters and stuff that were really cool looking. It's just, it seemed like structurally the film was just a bit unrefined. Yeah. Um, but anyways, it didn't do very well in the box office. It anyways, it, and it's just, it's hard to adapt something that's beloved into any, or I guess continue anything well, that's beloved. And it, I think part of the reason was that it was a reboot instead of, Continuation. A continuation. And this one, Ghostbusters Afterlife, is very much a Ghostbusters 3. You know, it's interesting. It's continuing the story. Um, Even though it's not in New York. <laughs> no, but there's a, re- there's a reason for it. There's a reason for it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It was. Uh, well, well, it just came out, so we can't spoil I'm not it. I'm going to spoil it's it. Too sooner, here's, this episode's going to drop in like a day. Yeah. Here's what I'm going to say I laughed. I cried. I had a great time. It had a ton of heart. The movie had a ton of heart. It, okay. You know, um, there's callbacks to it was there was a lot of fan service in the movie, and sometimes that can be a good thing, but sometimes it can be a bad thing, right? When Jurassic you, World, we're looking at you. Not or a good thing. uh the rise of Skywalker. Um mm. looking at you really yeah. really hard. Um <laughs> <laughs> but uh but this this one uh it it had all the callbacks really like hit you in the heartstrings you know it's like you know you watch you watch them fire up ecto 1 and they're driving ecto 1 through the town and it just you know it brings you back to when you're you know 7 8 years old you know yeah. watching it for the first time right um Paul Rudd amazing i'm guessing like Paul Rudd when isn't Paul Rudd amazing true right Paul Rudd is Paul Rudd is always amazing. Um, the kids in it were great, um, and such a such a great, excellent tribute to uh, Harold Ramis. Um, okay, like he was a core piece of the entire movie because the movie is based around his daughter and grandkids. Yeah. Um. So you you know you kind of find out as the movie he was goes, Egon right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Egon Spangler, and so you find out kind of why. Egon was living in the middle of nowhere, Oklahoma. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, it was uh, it was great. And then when uh, when the originals showed up, see that was gonna that was great. Like, you gotta have the originals. You gotta have you know the, the guys gotta show up, man. And they do. And they do. Even Bill Murray. Even Bill Murray. Oh, now I gotta see it. Yeah. Fuck. Even Bill Murray. It was great. That's great. Yeah. See, and that was, I think, what was missing in the past from other reboots is that you can't ignore the just avalanche of awesomeness that right. was the original Ghostbuster franchise. Right. You can't just act like – but then use all of the elements. It was – yeah. Yep. Exactly. It made it successful. You can't take all the success and then, but then also try and act like you're rewriting the thing. It just, it doesn't work. People don't like that. People no. like nostalgia. Obviously, look at the cinematic landscape these days. Right. You know, and it was filled with nostalgia. You know, the uh, the bad, the like the, the the bad ghost in the movie was Gozer from the first movie. So, who was Gozer again? Was that uh, who was Gozer? Was that the um, 
Gozer was and the to- the short haired uh the short haired god ghost who asked Ray if he was a god. Are you a god? Oh, uh, okay. That possessed uh what's her name? Sigourney, Sigourney Weaver. Weaver. Yeah. No okay. well yeah, kind of. Sigourney Weaver was the uh not the key master, she was the um I just have I'm having a brain fart because the key master was uh, uh, Rick Moranis, and so then <laughs> right. yeah, so it was. But there was there was a Are ton you of callbacks. The, key the, uh, yes. the little baby Stay Puffed were amazing. I loved every second of the little baby Stay Puffed. That was Did great. They unseat Baby Yoda for cutest Ooh, pop culture no. creature of no. today. No, they did not. But baby it was they, but it was close. Touch- it was close. close, yeah. I'll be curious if it really, because yeah, you know, movies are a big thing for people. During, mm-hmm. I mean, Thanksgiving's coming up in like five, what five days now? Yeah, it's Sunday, folks. We record this Sunday, and then we this will be released. Uh, you know, the day you're listening to it, hopefully Monday. Um, so you know, but as well as last week's episode. Yeah, both. it's up. It, we got it up. We had some technical <laughs> difficulties. Okay, it happens. That it's up though. We got it up. It was an old school episode, so it's not like people are missing out on any some like hot new guests like we have coming in here in a couple minutes. That's right. That's um, right. We do. That's right. But uh, so you would, how many beers would you give? Oh, I give it. Let's see. I gotta. I gotta be fair because, but like, yeah. if I'm basing it off of, like, what do we? What do you want me to? Do you want me to base it off of like, just overall film? And, like, and experience, as, film and experience, yeah, you yeah, like, combine it. I give it five beards then, man. I want to go see it again. Okay. I give it the full five. Okay. Okay. That's good enough for me then. The full five beards, man. It was fun. It was I, I wonder if they're going to put it on. We're still not in the mode where we can go to the theaters just because yeah. uh, Dr. Wife is yeah. still pretty hurting. Yeah. Um, so do you think it'll be it'll be on HBO in time, for, like by Thanksgiving or maybe Christmas to watch? I do not. Oh shit! What? What happened? Oh, never mind. No, my mom was FaceTiming me, and it came through. <laughs> I'll call her later. Do you, yeah. Do you think it'll be on uh, streaming platforms by then? Probably not. Uh, I doubt it. I doubt it. My my guess would yeah. be in the next month. I, I would guess by Christmas it'll be on streaming. Okay. Okay. I hope so. I'd like to watch it. Yeah. Me too. I want to watch it again. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, I think our guest should be popping in any minute here. Should we uh, jump off and... Uh, Let's bring him in. And uh, bring him in, yeah. Let's do it. Check one, two. And we're back we're with back. our very special guest. Uh, he's a guy that I've actually known for a long time without knowing. In fact, we used to see each other every day every my day. last year, Love every day happens. at the Kubert School. I probably even talked to him, may have flipped him some shit. Probably. Uh, hopefully, probably, yeah. hopefully he has a high opinion of me. Uh, probably not. Probably not. <laughs> But uh, so fellow uh, Qbert School alum, 
He uh, is just coming off his big book, Dead Legends, and is currently working on IDW's new Star Trek run. Uh, what's it called again? Mirror War. Mirror War. Mirror War. Uh, so uh, let's uh, let's welcome Gavin Smith into the Tiger Den. Thanks for having me, everybody. Yeah. Thanks for yeah, coming. Yeah. Man. My pleasure. Yeah. We uh, we actually touched base uh, down in Cincinnati not long ago. And that yeah. was when we kind of, I think we, instead of working the convention, spent about three hours chit-chatting. Yeah, um, about that. We, we we spent a good chunk of time just like talking, talking, talking Qbert. Yeah. <laughs> Inside baseball, uh, <laughs> behind the, of the Cubert School, and uh, those fun times. Those good. Those good. Like I, I don't really get a chance to like talk about that sort of part of the Cubert School. Like everybody, everybody wants to know what it was like, you know, having class with Joe, right but, no, right? but like you know, no one, no one's really talking about like the quirks of like Tanner, you know. The, yeah. The, now we won't but, go into that, yeah, because no. we, we, we can't. Um, <laughs> say, don't but, get in trouble. No, no. Before we before we get into like your your body of work, because obviously yeah. we have to talk Dead Legends, we have to talk Star Trek. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I met you as well. I probably met you as a first year when you were in first year. I was in the final year. I was working security. Mm-hmm. You guys would come walking through the hallway, and mm-hmm. uh, I'd probably say something like, "Yeah, get out of here." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Come on, scram we'll, first we'll, years. We'll see how many. Here's the, here's, here's the funny thing about like the dynamic of like the years at the school, like where it's 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 odd because there's this high school mentality where like third mm-hmm. years feel superior to the first years. I could, I think I'm probably older than you. Probably. Maybe. I'm 36. 36. We're okay, the, same, we're the age. same age. Okay. Yeah. This is perfect. We're the exact same age. Yeah. And like, there's, well, like, I don't want to feel left dynamic. out. I, I am also 36. We're all okay, 36 great. years Wonderful. old. We go. But you know why it is, you know why there's that dynamic is because, well, you know, yeah. the dropout rate, or I should say the, the yeah, the dropout rate for the Cuber school, because it's such a, just a boot camp and it's such mm-hmm. a slog to get through is like, I mean, we started with a class of, I think 120, my class, and we only had 18 of us graduate. Wow. And it, that's it, wild. We, I think yeah. we, that's huge. Cause I think we were at only about like 46 or 47. And this is, I think we were the first year my third year to be there after they had done all the construction and stuff. So like, yeah. So like my we first year there during the was, big Walgreens. Yeah. So we, my first year was in the warehouse and then I didn't mm-hmm. even get into the building until second year. And then okay. third year was um, in my last year. We're obviously still in the building. Um, uh-huh. It was, uh, but that was the thing. It was, uh, is the attrition of the school was so uh, low that um I think in third year it was, you didn't, you know, you didn't, I think a lot of third years kind of had that mentality. I was like, well, we'll see if you make it to second year. You know what I mean? I'm not going to, I'm not going to waste time building a relationship. Cause you know, you you probably had a bunch of guys in your class that were, they were kind of fanboys. They were there. They'd they'd spent the money. They were there so they could say they went to the Cubert school, but like, were they really, you could tell who wanted to desperately meet the Cuberts. Yeah, really they want to get their books signed, not necessarily like mm-hmm. start putting the <laughs> really? work down. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Some very expensive is a very expensive autograph session. Yeah, um, some and some of the teachers like wouldn't sign books and projects for people because of that. It was like, we'll see if you're here next year. Yeah, yeah. talk to me in your third year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
but uh, okay. So let me, I, what I want to ask you is yeah. what made you, cause, and then they'll lead into my next question. What made you want to go to the Kubert school? Why did you pick that as like your route, especially, well, I guess at that time there weren't a ton of options, but what was that where like, okay, I want to do comics. I'm going to go to Kubert school. I mean, I, I think I, I've always wanted to do comics as soon as I figured out, you know, there were real life people that made them. Right. right. Mm-hmm. So like, and, you know, not just something that like just, you know, magically appeared with art, you know, but um, I, I remember seeing ads as a kid for the school. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, I I did, a, you know, well, I think around junior high, after junior high, I started getting into rock and roll and playing in bands and stuff. And I did that all through high school and kind of fell out of reading comics. And then after I had graduated and, uh, got a real job and like I did like a year of real college and then didn't yeah. like it. So I dropped out and okay. uh, yeah. And like was just working, I was delivering newspapers and then uh, all over Indiana. So I was delivering for Chicago Tribune, New York times. Oh, wow. And oh, cool. I was like the guy that would like pick up from routes and drop it off to other people so that they could deliver on their smaller routes. And then I had a small route of my own. So I do this wow. for like eight hours a night um, wow. and driving all over the state. Anyway, once I started making money doing that, I had some real money. I started collecting comics again, and I saw the school still existed, and I was like, "Oh shit! Like I want to do this. Like I this would be cool. Like I think I could still kind of draw." Um, and I, so what, what I started doing is like I, I just kind of was in the back of my mind for about a year, and I was just sort of like thinking about it, and I'd bring home yeah. whatever newspaper I had delivered that day. And I would draw whatever the cover image of the newspaper was. And that's how I built my portfolio to go to school. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And um, uh, and I'd try it in different mediums and stuff, and like watercolor and charcoals and whatever the hell, like stuff that I probably didn't really need to use. But sure. <laughs> I yeah. probably haven't touched since. Um, but uh, did that. And then there was a couple of comic podcasts I listened to at the time. Uh, one was this podcast called uh, indie spinner rack by this okay. guy named Charlie LaGreca, who's a alumni of the school. And oh, I think, I think he was in Fernando's class actually. And oh, so he did this. Uh, so he, he'd done some illustration for Disney doing this strip called hair pair. I think worked in like the DC bullpen or something like that for a while too. Okay. But anyway, Charlie uh, had this podcast called indie spinner rack and he went and interviewed Steve Bissett, who was in the, or, first class of the yep. school. We love and, Steve. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Steve's great. He's and, been on the show. He's been on oh, the show a couple of times. Awesome. Uh, so, so he did this interview with Steve and it was when I think center of cartoon studies was just getting rolling. Yeah. Uh, and, but he and Charlie spent the whole time talking about the Cuber school and like, they were supposed to be talking about CCS. So I was yeah. like, Oh, I think I, I, I just, this just makes me want to go to, you know, Cuber so much more. As in, yeah. like, obviously, I was a fan of Joe and Adam and Andy as well. And uh, so I, I just kind of buckled down. Uh, like, my route was getting bought out by someone else. So that was coming to an end. So I was like, all right, I'm just going to apply to the school. And so it was uh, time. It was time to yeah, make a good, move. It was good timing. And I was about 22, kind of like, what, what am I going to do? Just, mm-hmm. Yeah. You You're know? at that stage where, like, you'd gone through some growing pains of, like, becoming an adult. And right. so you were like, I want to do something like I need to yeah, do something. Yeah, yeah. I got I got to kind of, you know, I don't, can I curse? 
Or is that cool? Oh hell yeah, man! Okay, cool. Yeah. It was it, it was time it was time to shit or get off the pot, kind yeah, of. At sure. That point and <laughs> so it's funny. I did a podcast last week where I said shit and didn't know if I could curse or not, and I was like, oh shit, can I say shit? <laughs> and like, <laughs> said like three consecutive more times, and it was, it was fine, luckily. But um, yeah, I mean, the reality is, is most kids cuss more than right. um, than you adults. and I ever. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah absolutely. So. Uh, but yeah, that, that was one of the big things. Then, you know, the whole uh, building the portfolio. I also did like a web comic. I did the like as to like warm myself up to getting the hang yeah. of like doing sequential stuff. And uh, so, so I applied and I wasn't sure if I was accepted because I, I had my own apartment at the time mm-hmm. yeah. and it was around the time, like I'd sent my stuff in. I, they were told me they get back to me in like six weeks or something like that. It was like, yeah. And then like six weeks came and like, they hadn't heard anything yet. I hadn't heard anything yet. And uh, my lease was coming up in my apartment. And I was like, well, if I, I got to find out if I'm, you know, going to go move back in with my dad and crash it with him to save money to go to school Right. Or am I signing another lease and, you know, going on with my life because I'm not good enough to get into Cuba. So I, I basically called them Louise, the office lady, one of the office ladies. Love Louise. She's so fucking rad. Yeah. Uh, and I was just like, hey, I told her my situation was like, I, I kind of need to know if I got in. Like, I kind of can't wait for the letter. Like, can you look it up? Don't me? worry. Like, I got you. Yeah, let, me, yeah. let me go talk. She's like, you got in. Don't worry. Honey. Don't she was worry. so, so she like yeah. whispered it to me. So like, no, no like, you know, <laughs> Mike Chin were coming by. But the, the interview was hilarious, too, because then, you know. I don't, I don't know if you remember it, your interview. It with, yeah, I was like, my, mine was with Mike Chen and my neighbors mm-hmm. were mowing the yard and my cat or my dog got out the door and was assaulting some police officer. It was a horrible <laughs> wreck. My, mine uh, was, I, I was a wreck too because I had been delivering newspapers all night and my interview was oh. scheduled for like 9.30 in the morning. So like, usually I'm asleep by like 7.30, 8 o'clock after I get done with my route. But so I'm just staying up, like I'm like dragging and I'm just yeah. pounding coffee and like, but then, like, phone call arrives, and then my adrenaline's up, and I'm like pacing around my apartment, and you're all, just, like, and you're all nervous. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then, and then the best part is Mike Chin gives you like he sells nothing. Like, yeah, his his whole demeanor is listen. There's so many ways to get into comes. You don't have to go to the school. It's going to cost you a lot of money. You don't need to come to the school to get into comics. I just want to make sure you know that. And uh, coming uh, to the school doesn't guarantee you're going to have a career in comics. There's a yeah. high dropout rate. It's not for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> like, thanks, Mike. Like, okay. So, like, yeah, there's that. And then there's also him uh, talking. Like, I mean, look, when, he, when he looks at your work, he doesn't tell you whether it's good or it's bad. He just looks at it and he's like, okay, let me see this. That's because it's all bad. Let's be honest. Oh, well, absolutely. (laughs) But like, you know, is it, is it good enough to get in is like, I I think there's a part of me that knows like, I, I'm not ready obviously for the big times. That's why I want to go to the school. uh, But then you see the portfolios (laughs) of some of the people who did get in and you're like, Oh, I had nothing to worry about. Yeah. yeah, I lost so much (laughs) sleep over the same here. I thought I was telling people that I applied to the school, but I'm probably not going to get in because I was going off of information from the eighties when there was a massive, like thousands of people were applying to the school. So the rejection was like, 90% 90% people got rejected from it. Oh, absolutely. It, yeah, yeah. Where that wasn't the case when you and I went. Yeah. 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 So like, I mean, like, cause I mean that first class, 
was so stacked. And the, I think the first couple of classes were so stacked with people that yeah. like mm-hmm. were professional quality. And that was only back when it was only a two year school. Yeah. So, you you like, look at like the people came out just the first 10 years of that school's existence. It mm-hmm. was like, Oh, these are all top guys in the industry. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. Yeah. Man, you know? Sema, Kim, uh, set, set, uh, uh, Randall, like, Ron Randall, yeah, Steve all those thing guys. Yeah. 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 And it's crazy. Uh, and then Mike Chin, uh, Chin. Yeah. But, and, uh, well, I think he was, he was within those first 10 years, but yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, he was like a DC guy. And then even like, then you had the Qbert brothers that came along a little while after like the generation like after the nineties. I th- wait, wait, were they, they're, no, they, they were eighties. They were, they had to have been eighties. Cause yeah, that's yeah. when Andy took over X-Men. Like yeah, Andy, Adam and Andy both. Well, and Adam started working first doing like, um, he, he did like, yeah, he was doing lettering. like Johnny Quest, and then he was lettering for heavy metal for years, all through his like Wolverine run and all that kind of stuff. But anyways, right. that's so we're not talking about the Cubert boys. <laughs> this is all about but, you, my man. Yeah. So so anyway, I got accepted, moved back in with my dad for a little bit, and cool. I uh, uh, was building a portfolio and. You know, just just working, and I I still had like six months before I got to the school, and this is when they still had New York Comic Con in the spring. Okay. So I flew out. Uh, so like spring of two thousand eight, I flew out to New York. My first time ever going to New York. Oh shit! Okay. Into a major convention like that, and like just kind of wandered around went to near comic-con all big eyed yeah yeah (laughs) like like whoa yeah like couldn't couldn't find my way around and then i found the dc booth saw that adam and andy had a signing at like whatever time and uh so i popped back around for the signing but couldn't get in line because they capped the line so i just kind of like chilled on the outskirts of the line waiting for them to get done and i cornered adam as he was coming out not corner but i mean like you know like ran like you know intercepted sure. him just to be like hey i'm i'm coming to the school and this you know like what do i <laughs> Hello, hey sir. i am coming <laughs> to your Pretty school much. he was with his kid and i felt really oh bad. so he was like, like get away from me <laughs> nah he was sweet adam's adam's always adam's a cool guy yeah, yeah. Adam's a cool so guy. he he was really nice and he was like yeah school's this way go to this aisle yeah. and uh that's why i'm at andy and i'm at joe and joe gave me the portfolio review where like he just like looked at all my stuff, didn't say a word, put every piece up to his chest. I'm sure this is sounds familiar. Stacks it, <laughs> oh. puts it down, and then just lays you out with yeah. the knowledge. And uh, so I did that, and it like blew my mind. Um, and uh, took that. And so let me ask you this. Uh, let me ask you. This. So we know you went to the Cuba School, mm-hmm. and this is something I get asked all the time, uh-huh. especially by young people. Yeah, Ooh, I know this because question. Because everything, the landscape has changed, right? Like you sure. can go to some state colleges that have programs. And when you went to the Cuber school, I, when I was there, they were in, I like to think of it as they were, it, they were part of a rebuilding process. Like they were just starting to integrate digital mediums, like uh, drawing and lettering and all that kind of stuff. Like they're starting to yeah. finally break away from the old school methods. So I think your class was like the first class that like it was required. You had to have a laptop when you came right. in. Yeah. Um, where when I came in, it was like, you didn't have any of that. We were still doing like old school, like Xerox style, paste ups and mechanics and hand lettering. We have and all, all of that, that still. Yeah. Right. Which I, I but, think, I think is a good, like good, we had a good happy tool. medium of 
yeah, that new and old school learning, which I, I think so, we had such a good class for that. So let me ask you this, because you know how much it costs versus going to other art programs, state programs, yeah. where you actually get a bachelor's degree. Right. When kids ask you, what should I go to the Kubert school? What do you tell them necessarily? Because uh, I tell I, them, I give them a very real picture of like what my experience was. Yeah. Good I, and I, bad. I, yeah, same. I, I tend to tell them... I, I try to give them the reality of it, you know, like yeah. it's, um, and, and I've, I'm, I guess very Mike Chin about it. It's like, do I, like, I, I'm honest with you. I, I don't necessarily tell them no. Right. Um, I usually just like, you know, I look at people, I, I, I kind of gauge it on like a, how yeah. old they are. Yeah, sure. Is one of the first things, how old they are kind of where their skill levels at. And like, I'm just sort of like, I don't know, man, like, some people, it's like, don't quit your day job, for real. Like, please don't. But at the same time, you want them to like follow it, their dreams and stuff too. Yeah, and and like with the internet and stuff, like we know people that probably have way better careers than we do, mm-hmm. that might not necessarily have the same like we'll say technical skill as we do for, that we got from. But oh, yeah. they're able but they to like go to art school. They didn't go know? to art school and they were able to lean into certain aspects. It's, it's one of those, like, like it's, you have to get, it's, you try and gauge the individual. Mm-hmm. I, I never tell anybody they shouldn't, but like, I don't know. Maybe some people shouldn't. I think once you like, it, it's, it's interesting because I think, I think the idea of drawing comics is like such a sexy as hell idea, you know, oh, yeah, like totally. it sounds like such a cool lifestyle, but like the reality is you know it's a fucking like, grind it's a, it's a grind it's a it's, it's so much grind. more than a grind it's it's yeah. it's it's a grind then at the end of some of those grinds you realize you did it all wrong and it's a waste of that almost a waste of that time not really a waste because you learn along the way if you're really it's a long like, road to success stuff. it's a very yeah. long or i should say it's a long road to have to be comfortable oh a absolutely. very long road I, it's and I think the the prime example of it is like, well, I, I've been full time. Like, I, I got lucky. I, I I did this series called the Accelerators. I got that about a year after graduating, and I was able to quit my job. Oh wow! And get like, but I, I mean, like looking back on it now, it's so stupid. I don't know if I would have made that same decision yeah. now that I. But like, okay. I was young. I was twenty five, and like, I was just like, yeah, let's go. I'm in. And I just went headfirst into it with like, you know, all I had was a thousand dollar advance at the time. And that got me my apartment and yeah. uh, whatever, you know, like I was able to live on like $200 for, when, for a when month until I got paid again. You know, when you're young, you're more willing to take those kind of risks Absolutely. That where you look back at it's like. 36 going like what the fuck was i thinking that's <laughs> yeah, insane like, I'm living- and like luckily it worked out but but I, I think the the long road to success i think like i was supposed to find out if i got star trek literally on the to the day of 10 years from me graduating from the school wow oh and like <laughs> then they they held me up for a couple of days <laughs> with the yeah. answer but i was you know i luckily got it but it was one of those things where i was like man uh, and not only that, I think I told you at the Cincinnati show, I was up for a job doing illustration for WWE and then yeah. long story short, it just really short. It's just, it didn't work out. Like some 
jobs you like, that is just literally kind of the story out. of my career like i have been yeah. up for so many great projects where i'm like wow and then it just doesn't work out yeah Damn. so I, I was up for this gig uh and you know then i was up for star trek and i just lost this wwe gig and i was like man if this doesn't work out like i don't know like why am i yeah. why am i trying to get these jobs that don't want me then like sure. it was it was this big like yeah. self-doubt thing that was just like 10, you know, this mountain of 10 years of just like trying to get the big one. And that, so like, luckily like I every, every year of my career, man. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I used to like get really like uh, bummed out whenever like award season would come around because it's just like, ah, well, I'm clearly not even working hard enough. I'm not, you know, like, Dude, that's all like, you know, then like awards are stupid. I know that. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. I, I'm I had a good, now to know that. there's a good, really good art dark horse guy that we should get him on the podcast. He's a great guy, but like he would get so bummed out whenever the Eisners were announced. Cause this guy would just like, he dedicated every ounce of his fiber to yeah. his projects. And he really was wanted like best inker or best storytelling some anything and he never got unless and he just would go on these like big twitter dumps and (laughs) and it was just one of those where i was like why do you fucking care man you're getting you're getting paid to draw comics that's you know if you really want to play the political like you know game go for it you know but yeah. Anyway, sorry. Just, yeah. No. No. It's just like I. I realized I get pretty it, quickly. It was just sort of like, oh, this is a waste of time. Like, who cares if you get an award? Like, no one. Yeah. I just doesn't come I'm with a, a bonus check. I'm pers- <laughs> Yeah. I'm personally only upset when the people I deem as the best people in the industry aren't. No, aren't even like the, oh. you're like. Oh, they're never on the award list. Why is that? Those are the people that I strive to be like, and I'm not, not even. They're in other light years yeah, ahead yeah. of me. And they're not even getting recognition. So I'm like, eh, it right. doesn't matter. How it's is all- Jerome Opinion not sw- like just sweeping? How is Adam Hughes, year? Adam Hughes and Dave Johnson not every single year in yeah. at least the <laughs> the running for best right. cover artist? I don't understand. Right. And right. yeah, it's it's such a weird <laughs> Like I, I don't understand how people get nominated for awards, and I'm just like, oh, it's. I mean, it's all about you know shaking hands and I guess so, yeah. Talk who you chat with on Twitter and all that shit. I mean, like I yeah. get it; it's very important. But at the same time, like I think it's only important if you want it to be important. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just like again, like social media. Is it like do right, we need right. it? Yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah, yeah, maybe, but it's, there's a lot of sexual guys that don't use it. You know, like it's funny. Like I was in an anthology that Away Blue World put out that was nominated for like a Ringo, and then like I saw like other people like put in their Twitter bio. I was like Ringo nominated. I'm like, eh, yeah, that really. same, that happened yes. to me too. Yeah. I was in a, a Eisner nominated anthology. I think it might have been with Away Blue World or maybe somebody like that. And the, it was the same thing. Yeah, like the All We Ever Wanted one. Were you in that? I was in Love. Okay. And then, but I was in a, my, one of my first gigs was in uh, an anthology, an IDW anthology that won an Eisner and some of the people and like the work we did, wasn't like, it wasn't great. Sure. I'm just going to be honest. <laughs> I don't like, I don't tell people I'm in it. Let's put it that way. But, but I knew people that were like, Hey, we're, I'm an Eisner award-winning artist. And I'm like, we're oh, from that, that anthology yeah. we were in. Come on, man. Like, come That's on. Amazing. I love that yeah. so much. Yeah, we're kind of, we probably shouldn't be talking this kind of shit, but 
it's the reality of it's it. So though. funny, like it's like. I don't know. Be, it's like, because you want to be taken seriously by your peers and it's sure. so competitive that yeah. you anything you can get, you want to like put out there. Oh, um, yeah. And it's understand. I understand why people do it. I'm just a piece of shit and I don't care about <laughs> it. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. But uh, no, but I mean, so I guess uh, I don't know how we got onto this, but um, yeah. Kubert School, this will be my final question. The one thing that I will say that I do like about the Cuber School is you can tell the people who go there because they're old school, man. They bleed ink. I know you bleed ink. I've seen yeah. your work. You're still using the nib, the brush. That's oh, what yeah. they, that's what they drive home into us. <laughs> and I still do that. And I, yeah, there you go. Look at yeah. That. yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, look, look, look at this shit. Laptop. Yeah. Look yeah. at this, I man. Mean, I, hold on. I, <laughs> Folks at home, if you're wondering what is happening right now, because this is an audio podcast, they are pulling out their pens and markers to compare. Listen, yeah, this is... I use it all. Yeah, bleeding, baby. I can't... Like, it's funny. Oh, we were talking a little bit about how we're on the the edge of that digital, traditional... So so I have a funny story about that where... Yes, please. uh, we, We are right on that edge of... You know, we are coloring digitally mm-hmm. and uh, learning Photoshop. But um, at one point, I think during my th- third year, one guy uh, turned in an all digital page to Joe. And Joe was like, this isn't the job I asked for. Oh, and he was and, and like, he's like, it is, though. Like, I mean, like, it's an, technically an inked page. Right. But uh yeah, like it, it, it did not go over well with Joe, I think at the time, because I think Joe wanted pencil and pen and ink on paper uh, and didn't get that from the student in question. But that's interesting. So where do you, where do you fall on the line of digital versus old school? Oh, I don't care. Like as long I, I like original pages because I like selling my art. Yeah. But, <laughs> um, you know, I, however you get the job done, that's cool. Like I've, I've been playing more with digital i think the past year or so like i'll still you know hand draw my pages mm-hmm. but um you know i'm I'm adding more digital effects and you know post to uh spruce it up sure yeah I, better. I tried um doing like a sketch comic digitally uh-huh. and i just i just found that for some reason i i the analog. I don't know if it's just because of the foundation that the Kubert School like really drives into you, mm-hmm. but I just I can't get away from just the analog foundation. I just can't get away from it. It's my work is better if I'm using traditional tools, I, yeah. but but it, not implementing the digital aspect of it is like why wouldn't you use it just to you right. know, tweak this, tweak that, do some Absolutely. effects. Like I, I did a when I got my so I have, I have a Cintiq. Uh, yeah. and I use it for touch-ups and, you know, corrections and coloring, right. but you know, I do all my, like, but there was like a minute where I was going to do all my work digitally. I was like, I got it. And I was like, cool. I never have to buy pins and brushes and whatever. Again. Right. And yeah, yeah. Like, you know, I'm going to save so much money. It pays for itself, but, uh, it, uh, like, and I was working on the, uh, an issue of accelerators at the time my editor called me and he got so mad at me because like it took me like so long i was doing like an issue and 
I was just taking forever. I only had like six pages of a 34 page book done. He like got mad at me because it was due oh, like really? in, in a week. And I was like, Oh, cool. Can I have like an extra week to like, you know, get Make it done? And I'll, yeah. And I'll, I'll do, I'll just do two pages a day for a week and get this book done. He's like, yeah, yeah, sure. It's going to eat into your next deadline. Oh, also we need two covers for previews. And I was like, okay. So I somehow, I just stopped drawing digitally. I went back to analog and I, I pounded it all out. Like this is like right when I first started dating my wife. Uh, oh, so you had lots of distractions too. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. It was like, we were like maybe like two months into dating and that did not See, go over. Well. I was lucky. I had to disappear. <laughs> By the time I got to the Cuber school, my wife and I had already been like together for what, three years. Uh-huh. So we were already living together, like going to school, like wow. all, the whole dating thing was like, that, that was way back in the past. Like we're done uh, with that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, but you know, it was that thing where like being a comic artist sounds really sexy. And then she figured out what it was when I had to disappear for two months to like, right. Yeah. Do this book. Um, but you know, we got through it. It's all good. Yeah. That's the one thing I don't think people realize about being, if you really want to be a successful comic book artist, you really have to be a person that's, or be with somebody who's like, is aware that you're not going to have much of a life. You don't have time to like, Mm -hmm. every ounce of you has to be dedicated to the craft. You know what I mean? Like it really does. Like it's, it's, and you may suffer, your health may suffer, your mental being may suffer, but my God, those pages are going to look fucking dope. (laughs) Yeah. It's funny. Like, I mean, like I've been married. uh, We just hit the three year mark. Congratulations. by the way. Thank you. And so that's, uh, um, been together seven, married three, and so she gets it by now. And um, she get on you. Let me ask oh, you. Oh, still, she still gets hey, on me about it. You still have like, that page to get done. You better get to the table. That's oh. what I live with. That's <laughs> yeah, what I fucking live with. It's true. I've seen it. It's it's yeah. it's more like when are you not going to be busy so we can do stuff? So, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm so usually it's just like all right, this deadline's December six, so like you know I got the week to do layout, so like we'll do stuff during that week. You know? yeah. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I can watch a movie in three weeks on a Sunday. Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, not a long movie though. No, yeah, yeah, short one. Long. Yeah. No, no, uh, no Lord of the Rings trilogy or anything. No. <laughs> so, um, oh, where, where was I going with this? Oh, oh, I was saying that uh, uh, I got to kind of plan doing something. Like that. We, we haven't taken our honeymoon yet. So I've actually planned in, like, after I get done with Star Trek, which is in the end of June, I got my final, like, deadline schedule for the rest of the year uh, oh, nice. for the next six months, really, seven months. And, um, so I'm like, all right, got this. I've got the option to do like two things after I get done with Trek and both are creator owned, but who knows, like, you know, IDW has been happy with me doing Trek. They may offer me more or something yeah. else. Mm-hmm. If, if uh, they like you, man, they'll keep using you. That's what I, that's what I'm looking forward to slash afraid of. So <laughs> um, like, cause I've got these, you know, I've got dead legends volume three. I want to finish in another project with a, a buddy of mine. Uh, Rich yeah. Joic, and we like both things I want to get off the ground, but like also IDW's got stuff I want to do. Other companies have stuff I wanted. Like, so anyway, yeah. I basically told my wife, like, after I get done with tr- this run of Trek, let's take that honeymoon. Like, I'm probably going to do a couple of conventions, but yeah. like, let's plan it in this pocket 
so that we can actually say we did our honeymoon. Yeah. Then, then I'll take the next job because if, if I get pay, a job, if it makes you feel that, better, I never did a honeymoon. Yeah, I've been married <laughs> ten over ten years. Have not gone on a honeymoon yeah. yet either. Yeah. All right. Well. I feel better. I don't know. About yeah, that, but, yeah. <laughs> Our wives so, don't feel better, but we yeah, feel yeah. better. Oh, I feel, yeah. So we'll figure that out, that part out. But like, you know, if I get another job, you know, and it's, I get it before I leave for that. It's just going to be all like, I'm not there then. Yeah. Like I want to be present mm-hmm. during the honeymoon. And that's, that's uh, why I like doing stuff. Like when I'm in between issues with her, it's just like, all right, yeah. then I'm here. Um, today I was like, ah, I'm in a good spot inking wise. Like I've got plenty of time to get this book in. So let's, oh, let's, awesome. let's have a good day date. So we do. Uh, so you mentioned, uh, dead legends and like you and I talked about it a bit when we were in Cincinnati, mm-hmm. um, and how that was really just like kind of this passion project that you've been wanting to do for a long time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you didn't really think it was ever going to be an option, but then, you know, it was able to you know you're able to do two volumes a lot you've been working on what two years now pretty much uh well we started putting it together in 2017 okay like as far as like getting the ideas off the off the ground like just like concept art like we started like the pitch pages been like kind of put on hold because i was doing other work and then we got serious about it in 2018 we had uh that's when you got the green light to really like let's move forward right Kind of like what? Well, well, so like most of 2018, we were talking with. Uh, we had like three soft offers on the table okay. for it without even pitching it. People just found That's out great. about it because we were posting about it. Yeah, and uh, and one of them was Tyler, and like he wasn't like he was just sort of like, hey, like I'm always here for and, it, and like and if we people like, don't cool. know, Tyler Chintaner yes. is the president and founder of A Wave Blue World, which is like one of the more interesting, like kind of like indie publishers in the, mm-hmm. on the landscape right now. Like mm-hmm. um, I'm a, I love when I worked with them, one of my agreements in the paperwork is I wanted to, a copy of their Toby Cypress art book. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that was nice. one of the things I worked out with them, man. He was, Tyler's like, I think I still have one. I'll send it to you. <laughs> nice. Sure. That's funny. But, so anyways, um, please, so I, so, I just want to make sure people know who they were. Yeah. So, so we spent, we were, we were planning on going with this other, uh, publication which would have been a bigger publisher can you name like an imprint i kind of don't want to okay yeah uh, but like Fair I mean, enough. I'll, I'll tell you off stream but oh yeah um, definitely give me the dirt um, yeah it's <laughs> it was one of those things where like okay let's like we we're going with them they wanted the first issue done so i went ahead and right. inked all the first issue again i was still working on other projects at the time so sure. i did it kind of in between things and then uh that publisher the whole thing kind of fell through uh publisher still around but like the it was just like a weird the pitching's the difficult man of the yeah. of the went away and yeah. so and pitching's a nasty animal like it just mm-hmm. it just yeah so anyway so sorry we started a kickstarter and we were running it through uh new york comic-con of 2018 so mm-hmm. i had the first issue i had like a uh ash can of it of the first issue and i was selling those at new york and uh tyler was like one of the first to get one from me and then at the end of the weekend uh james maddox the writer of dead legends one of my very good friends uh and co-creator he we were just hanging out at my booth and tyler comes up to us and he's like hey if you guys want i'll put this out for you and we were like oh sick like because we're 
nearing the end of the Kickstarter, we were like, are we going to get our goal or not? And yeah. Then, mm-hmm. uh, Tyler's like, I'll just do it. And I was like, oh, cool. And so we canceled the Kickstarter. We we're just like, oh, let's just like, like not have to be beholden to all this Kickstarter responsibility, take our time, make a good book. And uh, that worked out great. So with the first issue was already inked. So all I had to do was color it. And then um, I started drawing the next four issues and that was all of 2019 for me. So like, it was a lot oh, of great. stop and go. Like I had started in 2017. Sure. Finished the first issue, 2018, then was on hiatus until we got a green light from way blue world. And then I, we put together the final four issues of the first volume. And then, um, that came out 2019, the trade dropped in late December and then it hit the book market in January, 2020. Then we had this crazy pandemic things. We couldn't really go out and promote it. Yeah, Like we were going to go do like, uh, you know, besides just like comic book stores and conventions, we were going to try to like actually hit up like martial arts tournaments and oh, see if we yeah, just set up cool. there. Oh, that's smart. That's yeah. that's interesting. It's a different cool. um, route of marketing. I like yeah. that. I like it when people think outside the box because everybody always just yeah. goes, oh, we'll do Comic-Con. It's like, did you compete with Spider-Man, Hulk? Yeah. Like, good luck. Right. You know, I, I mean, it's it's so and the, it's so funny, like the realistic, how realistic that is, especially with like a creator own book. I got yeah. to experience that firsthand this time around because I had a uh, Star Trek issue one came out the same day as the trade of volume two of dead legends. Mm. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> and that's yeah, but, but dead legends two got blown out of the water with Star Trek. Sure. Oh, so, like, sure. And of course it's going to, I can't get mad about that, but it was, it's this weird, funny thing where I felt like the living embodiment of uh, that, boyfriend with his girlfriend checking out the other girl yeah. like that yeah, meme. Yeah, yeah. like i'm just like <laughs> like uh dead legends in this case is my girlfriend i'm you know i'm the boyfriend checking out star trek <laughs> like, you know it's a, or or vice versa whichever one i promoted i felt bad about not promoting the other one oh, on whatever social media yeah yeah so um but you know dead legends is going to be with me till the end of my career which is great like mm-hmm. it's my first creator fully creator own book that i think will be complete uh and you did you did two volumes tyler's Mm -hmm. been happy with both yeah um i I see him promoting it constantly which yeah if if an imprint is promoting or a publishing house is publishing like promoting your book that means they really like it yeah yeah and uh you you said they're going to do you're going to do volume two is that going to be it is that going to be that's going to be it yeah we we only wanted to do three volumes like from the beginning so okay that's uh, when do you when do you think and you're going to start that like after Star Trek? That see that's the maybe. that's that's, that's the, the dilemma. Yeah. yeah, it's do I start that? Do I jump on this other creator own thing I've got going with uh, Rich Doic, um, or do does somebody offer me something else? I don't know. Uh, I'd like to I'd like to jump right into Volume Three because uh, Maddox James Maddox and I Just I think it, I think man. that's probably most likely what's going to happen. We we came yeah. up with like a bunch of ideas uh for volume three like at like right as soon as i got star trek i drove down to his house in louisville and we just sat around all, like we were gonna make a whole weekend out of it but we like yeah we were so stoked on it that we planned the whole third arc like in a day and i was like oh that's cool. awesome i'm going home like, that, that awesome. means also you guys are flowing too man you guys are oh, hitting yeah. that like you're it, in that like ether that it's like you everything's working like you know you've mm-hmm. created something that's that's it's yeah it's where things are naturally 
fitting into places too. Yeah. Like it's like, oh, we could do that because this other thread fits yeah. right here. And like, and like we, I have a theory about storytelling now. that I think that that is what makes superior stories is yeah. if you have to force stuff, then it's, you're probably have already maxed it out. You know right. what I mean? But right. if things are just naturally progressing, then like, then that means that like you, you're probably on the, the right, the right track. You're on the oh, right yeah. path. That's what and, and I was, and I was coming up with like these dumb fucking ideas, like <laughs> where like, like, and, and it's funny, like, like James doesn't tell me like, like dead legends was like my pitch to him. And I'm like, I'm not, I can write sometimes, but like, I'm not a sure. good enough writer that oh. I wanted to put this together. I was like, I need, help with that so that's when james came in and um but like every time i come up with like one of these stupid ideas he sometimes will tell me no but like he doesn't but a lot of times he's like no we can make that work and like like uh like we're what's the stupidest let me tell you you, what's the stupidest idea you had for the characters just something where you're like looking back you're like well like so embarrassing so (laughs) that's the thing like we make it work like so none of it feels embarrassing like like to the point where we came up with this uh side character like like the the main bad guy in volume one is blind tiger which i'd had that name in my hip pocket for fucking ever blind Uh, tiger yeah so i was was so blue tiger here approve yeah Yeah, i like that (laughs) so tiger claw (laughs) so so blind tiger like i was like oh i can't wait to use this character and then we came up with this crony who's like part of the gang of his gang called like the skin snake. And he's, <laughs> and we, we, and like, we were like, it's like, Oh, he's kind of cheesy because like, he's just a dude who takes his gimmick way too seriously. Like he went out and got like scales tattooed all over his body, but we just show him getting like, like he's like the biggest fucking stooge. Like he just gets beat up by everybody. <laughs> I love and it. Like, I love like he's, he is, I don't think he's won like a single fight in That's either amazing. volume. And like, we just, Oh man, we just wreck him. And he's so funny. And like, like to the point where like, uh, the main champion in dead legends is like, uh, a Jean-Claude Van Damme, like archetype. Like he's like the guy who won blood spore, yeah. you know, but okay. like, but like as a kid and he's been winning oh. for like 20 years undefeated yeah champion and so like but he's so cocky about it that he just gets like hammered and he's just like i can still win it's fine and he does um so like at one point like he's having a conversation with blind tiger has like a six pack of like tall boys on a ring you know like finishes one of his beers throws it over his shoulder and like hits skin snake on the head like bops him and then just proceeds to open up another beer just like like they doesn't just, take him seriously just yeah he's the fucking cannon potter um and like we make it work and then that's cool i love we're, that we're gonna have like in volume two we're gonna make fun of like double dragon um, yes like, like we're gonna like we're gonna have like two competitors that are like very double dragon-esque but like very cheesy and oh, then man. like build in like in. a mini story. Like that's, it's not the main story. It's like this, like G story, you know, <laughs> it's like, so, so, so I'm guessing you're, you're like a massive fan of like the eighties. Oh yeah. Like, like I guess American con- like Kung Fu genre, you know, like yeah, blood yeah, sport yeah. and all that shit. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Oh. That was like the stuff like my dad would rent for me at like video stop, which mm-hmm. was, eventually bought out by blockbuster but right uh like you know he almost wouldn't let me rent it because the movies are all rated r 
but only for right, violence. Right. So that's how I got away with it. You know, right. nothing terrible. So, uh, yeah, I grew up on those movies. And that, that's sort of the comic I always wanted to make. I wanted to make that. Like, yeah. 80s kung fu tournament movie uh, oh, into so a cool. comic and yeah james was there to help me with that and was there uh was there a particular series that you were like that is your go-to or like guy like is van damme your guy? oh yeah it's van yeah. damme for sure van damme. Like, i mean bruce lee obviously and uh, uh i was a big guy and um you know like uh, i like even like the like the kickboxer series yeah yeah like even even after van damme left the franchise like it still rules like yeah. uh, up until like the sixth movie was really good i don't i think there were movies after wait not the sixth wait do you no. watch do you watch there any was, of the newer stuff five. yeah do you watch any of the newer stuff mm, like like uh, you, oh seen? with uh with where uh batista was tong po yeah yeah like oh, yeah i watched that. that one i think there's a couple other after that my sister and I got really into, uh, do you remember the, I think it was originally like Wesley Snipes and Vin Rames did the first uh, Undisputed movie. Yeah. Yeah, yep. yeah. Yeah. And then that turned into a series, but they brought in that Boyka character. He's like this Russian kickboxer who fucks yeah, people yeah, up. Yeah. I think that dude is supposed to be like the new Van Damme. Like Van Damme yeah. has like been in a bunch of movies with him too. Isn't that yeah, Scott he was like Atkins. a soldier. Scott yes. Atkins. Yes. 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 Yeah. yeah. He was like Van Damme's like, um, always kind of like, Towards the end of Van Damme. Van Damme's right-hand man in, in Expendables 2. Yeah, yes. and then like I think in like Desert Heat or something yeah. like that, he was like the bad guy. He was, right. in, he was also he was the be... star of Hard Target 2. A sequel That's what it was. I was, gonna, I was gonna say yeah. Time Cop 2, but yeah, mm-hmm. it was Hard Target. Mm-hmm. But it's, which, yeah. I don't know about you guys, Hard Target is actually my favorite Van Damme movie. It's so is that good. where he has the mullet? Yes. Like yeah. big time mullet? Yeah. And he, like, also also Time Cop. Time Cop. Yeah. Time Cop is such an interesting one because that was like big time TV, dark horse comics, all that kind of uh-huh. stuff. But mm-hmm. that was when I think Van Damme was at his like Coke binge height. And uh, oh, I'm sure. Yeah. And he kind of like uh, after that, cause I think, guess he was so terrible to work with. He was, you know, got kind of not blacklisted, but pushed back down to the B movies. Yeah, I think so. It wasn't, it wasn't far after that. He just kind of stopped getting like, like all everything went straight to video. Yep. Yeah. That. Yeah. So, yeah, what Van Damme. I, I mean, I guess, I guess he did get Street Fighter. <laughs> that that might have been what killed it. Like yeah. post Street Fighter, oh, even yeah. though Raul Julia was amazing in that movie. You know, Street Fighter. You go back and watch it. It has some redeemable things. Oh, like, it's some great. Fun things. The, the, yeah, the the, uh, the relationship of like Zangief and uh, Balrog, I think, was great. Yeah. Um, yeah, were they like buddies? And, yeah, yeah. yeah. The M. Bison was amazing in it. Yeah. Uh, like, I mean, it's funny picking Van Damme as ultra patriot guy, but whatever. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was a good time. It could have done, it could have been better, but. Chun Li was, it, was pretty solid. They had a yeah. decent Chun I would say the Chun Li representation in that movie was better than the later Chun Li movie. Which I was, didn't even bother with that. Ugh. Oh, it just looked bad from from yeah. jump. It was terrible. Yeah. But yeah, I, so uh, so you're gonna do a volume three. Is that gonna be uh, like six issues? If is that you guys have five. it planned out in like five issues? Five, yeah, okay. uh, we're keeping them at five issues. We've been doing this thing where each issue four for the first two volumes was a silent issue. Uh, yes, I thank that. you. I love yeah. that. 
because that think is we can good do it storytelling. Volume three, though, like because we, we've got so much to do. Yeah, but Maybe just get Tyler to you know like pull the trigger on an extra <laughs> well, issue, and it's just one big long fight or something. Well, like Tyler, go. we gotta do it. Do like, you we, think? Do you think he'll do a full collection once the third volume, where it's like a big like I, I the think Bible, so. like an yeah. omnibus? Yeah, oh, I think yeah. eventually down the line, and yeah. that that would be the only reason I would do more of it because like I, I want it to be complete. Like I don't want to keep yeah. coming back to it over and over again. Um, like I, I want to do the three volumes, then be done. But if we do eventually do an omnibus, I'll probably want to draw like an issue of extra material, like maybe break it yeah. into like three different eight page stories to like kind mm. of fill in some gaps. Either yeah. it's like maybe maybe an eight page story that fills in like that we place into volume one. Something the like origin of Skin one. Snake. There you go. One <laughs> yeah. <shot. laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, he used to be a big deal. Yeah. Now he's not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then, so uh, many things you could do. Anyway, sorry. We'll do, uh, yeah. The, so that, that, that would be it. Like, you know, we'll, if we do an omnibus, we'll get, get a chance to do some more, like, like a Tales of Dead Legends or something like that. Like some That's cool. stuff. So, like, that'd be nice. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, which which I'm I'm hoping for. Like again, I'm I'm excited for volume three though. Like just to get into it and then, yeah, it would be nice to have one nice thick collection of it. So I mean, it's uh it's a good, it's good it's a good chunk so far. I mean, nice. yeah, dude, that's yeah, that's that's a good that's a good looking graphic novel right there, man. Yeah, volume one covered by Dan Pinozan. dude. And, I'm uh, so jealous. Two, covered by uh, Adam Gorham. Wow, awesome. good friend of mine. Um, that's awesome yeah uh yeah the Pinozan one was just like man let's go for it let's see if he says yes or not and like that was i've been trying to get i've been trying to get him on the podcast for like a year and a half yep i've gotten uh i've gotten a like ah yeah no sure and then it's just trying to wrangle yeah yeah Yeah. people like to say yes and then it's like then when it actually comes to like no, no, we were serious. We want yeah, yeah. it's like right. uh, when <laughs> right. That's the life. Yeah. So let me ask you this. Okay. You're working on Star Trek right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Were you a big Trekkie? Are you a Trekkie? No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, 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 knew, I knew like nothing. Nothing. Yeah. The writers, when they got in touch with me, they were like, Hey, what's your level of Star Trek fandom on a scale of like one to 10? I was like, maybe of, of next generation, like maybe a two because I know their names. And like, that's, that was about it. And you know, Worf and Captain Picard, that's about yeah. it. Well then, well, then they got me and I, I've, since watched all of next gen i actually like it a lot yeah it's, it's a good it's, show it's great it's refreshing as far as like uh you know having people diplomatically solve problems instead of like yeah you know like it's funny because i was like watching that in between watching like you know uh marvel series that are coming out on disney plus where it was oh. just like oh everything's pew 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 yeah and like and like I, I'm trying to draw while doing this. I'm like I don't know what's going on. So like, but like I'm following <laughs> along, and engaging in these uh, stories with Star Do Trek you, as I'm drawing it, and it's nice. And I'm I'm and I'm in that zone while I'm drawing it. So are you a fan? Are you a fan of like the Marvel stuff? Then if you watch all that, eh, I watch it. Yeah, it's it's fine. I'm not like, uh, I, I mean, I take it face value. I just watched Shang Shang Chi. 
That oh, so great. did I. Yeah, yeah that's fun. a great one. Um, Bri just saw it. Uh, what was it last week? What'd you see, Bri? What was oh, it? Oh, uh, Eternals. How was yeah. that? It was okay. Yeah. Yeah, it was fine. That's okay. It's worth that's watching. I don't know. You know, not something that I would watch twice, but Fair enough. it was worth watching. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll probably, I'll end up seeing it when it hits Disney plus. That's, I would that's recommend fine. that. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's kind of what we do. I mean, I, I like I like what they're doing with the movies, how they're all kind of connected and co- that cohesiveness. Mm-hmm. It does make it a little bit more fun. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, we're not like, oh, we've got to rush out and see the, the, the new whatever. I, I can't think of any movie that really is going to get me to do that anymore, especially after this pandemic. When everything, it's funny, like, I think that movies hit streaming services like even even if it comes out like the four months after its release, you know, yeah. whatever streaming service, that's nothing compared to how long we used to have. To right, wait. six months. Like, oh, six months. Yeah, times a to year. a year. Yeah, I think yeah. Jurassic Park. We had to wait a year. Like I remember when Jurassic Park came out, I, my dad mm-hmm. took me to see it in the theater, and then like we pre-ordered the VHS. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then it was like a year until we got it. And it was just, yeah. wow. Whereas, you know, <laughs> yeah. the, the new Bond movie, No Time to Die, came out last month. And then it was, it was like already three Walmart. weeks it was on demand. It was $5 bid. Oh, wow. oh, really? Three weeks it was on demand. It's on demand now. Yeah. So oh, I still haven't seen it. It's great. I kind of want to watch it. it. It's great. Okay. I should watch that too. And that's great. Oh. It's the last one, right? Yep. Yeah. Yes, it is. Okay. Yes, it is. Bro. Bry, yeah, it's it's time. It's time. Hit, hit him. Okay, so this is a segment that we like to call the question. Okay, and so as the question goes, it's something we ask every guest who comes on the show, and uh, that question is: Given uh, unlimited resources, uh, if mm-hmm. you were able to tackle any uh, licensed property. And make it into a comic. What would it be? So it could be like pre-existing characters, TV show, yeah, you sure. know, a comic you just want to run on, like I don't know, mm. X Men or something. I don't know. Streets of Rage. Yes. Oh yeah. Oh, you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. I'd Kangaroo is the most badass character in Street. I think oh, Streets of Rage too. Oh. Have you played four yet? No. I almost it's even awesome. bought like a machine, whatever they even play video games on nowadays. It's just on so Xbox I can play. One. Uh, <sighs> so I, I, I like. Tad, I, I have one. We can we can pick it up when you when you come down here for Emerald it's, City. It's, it's a cheap game too. Like I think it. Hell yeah. When it came out, it was probably like thirty bucks, and like it's awesome. Like you might be my favorite guest we've ever had. Now <laughs> Streets of Rage. God damn. Yeah, I I nonstop played. I played Streets of Rage two first before I, I have Streets one. of Rage one on my phone, and I played it until I have two I, on my phone. I'm oh, not even joking. Nice. <laughs> I, um, I, yeah, I, I played that. I played that game like to death, and then yeah. I went back and played one as a kid because I, I I loved two so much because I fell in love with the box art. And uh, the then, art, it's the art. Yeah, that's same here. I just fell in love with the the graphics from the you know the con- like the cartridges. Yeah. Like, oh my god, there's a kangaroo, and I could be a girl with rollerblades. Yeah. Holy shit! Yeah. I don't know if you. <laughs> I don't know if you can see yeah, it. Yeah, but I like, can see yeah, it. there it is. Streets of Rage 2. Um, uh, yeah, it's so good. Uh, like, Skate was awesome. And then uh, I, I just fucking love that game. So, yeah, I would yeah. I would do that. Um, 
and four is awesome. The graphics look great. Uh, I, yeah, I, I don't think you I, can play as the kangaroo unless that's no. like an unlockable bonus. I, thing. I think that was just in the second or third one. I can't remember mm-hmm. what, what it, uh, yeah. which game it was, but I just remember a friend of mine growing up had that. And when we go on vacation, go camping, they had a motorhome, and that's what we played when go. it rained. Yeah. When yeah. it rained, we'd be in the motorhome playing Streets of Rage. Yeah. I think it was two. I think it was two, but I just love that game. Yeah, so good. So yeah, that, that would I mean like of, of a non-existing comic. If someone were to give me the reins to that, oh my you god, know, yeah, that might be something you might be able to approach somebody and pitch. Honestly, like I always thought that, yeah. that stuff was very difficult. It's not as difficult as you think. I believe it, that. It's just a couple of emails usually to see if people are open to it. You yeah. might have to, you know, obviously there's a lot of like legwork involved, but I mean, if you're serious, you could probably get that ball rolling somewhere. Possibly. I'll have to look yeah. into that. Yeah. I would imagine the people who made the, the recent video game or installment of the video game series. Yeah. Uh, that would probably be a conversation you probably have with them. Mm-hmm. I would imagine. Cause that, didn't that start as like a Kickstarter? I want to say it was like a year or two ago. So maybe. Um, but the update on I the graphics that. and everything. Yeah. It just, oh man. yeah. Like there, there was like a streets of rage Four that was like a weird pirate game almost mm. where oh. it, it was taking like, like it was like fan builds and yeah. I think it was available to play online and then it got shut down. But like, it was uh, like, I think like almost streets of rage three graphics. Yeah. Nice. Um, so God, such a good game. Wow. Yeah. Underrated. It's a great game. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Wow. That's a good answer. That's a really good answer. Shit. I love, that's why I love the question, man. You never know what you're yeah. going to get. Yeah. We've had so many, like we've had quantum leap. Okay. Um, we've had, what are some of the other ones, Bri? Quantum uh, leap and monsters. We've had the monsters, uh, that's good. turtles. We've had, you know, all your yeah. basic stuff, you know, too. I mean, I, I, I'd, I'd love to do turtles, but like, that's sort of like, uh, uh, that, that exists. That's, sure. that's very attainable, especially yeah. and now, right now. IDW. Yeah. You're on. Yeah. You're on the list, man. Yeah. <laughs> if you need, uh, also if you need a, uh, like a contact for that. Just let me know. I know who's oh, I, in charge. I, I, I've, I've, I've you know. talked to them. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Just making sure. Yeah. yeah. Cool. It was, it was after I had talked to them, it was about 20 minutes later. I got the Trek offer. So oh, nice. Perfect. Yeah. 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 Perfect. Not, not through him, but through some, but it was like, like yeah. it, not, it was not a coincidence. I'm yeah. It's sure. It's small office there. It's yeah. Yeah. Good, 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 good. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> Yeah, it sucks when sometimes we, yeah, yeah. you can't spill all the beans. Right, the, you know, right, man. true. Um, well, I hope that Streets of Rage ends up happening at some that point for you down the road. That cool. would be amazing. I should, I should probably, in my spare time, do some like a fan art thing of it. There you just go. Just for fun. Yeah. You know, that is something that's really interesting is that it seems like fan art has become kind of a gateway to work on certain properties. Yeah. And like, I've for it's for legal of, reasons call it avenues of anger. <laughs> but, right. but that's something Just I've always pile off the serial numbers. Yeah, <laughs> that that's way? something that I've kind of like played around with the idea of is like oh because I've known people that have done fan art for like Star Wars or they've done fan art for like a Marvel character and then like sure. six months down the road they're working at the company because someone over there saw. Mm-hmm you know, the fan art and 
Um, and it's really, I guess, if you think about it, like most companies, if you want to say you want to work for Marvel, they want to see you draw Marvel characters and with DC and stuff. Yeah. So it's like you're it almost like behooves you to do a four page Batman, you know, sequence. Right. Um, you never know what it could lead to. And if not, you got something cool you can sell at conventions, I guess. Oh, yeah. 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 I did. I, I got asked like forever ago to do like that Marvel Spider-Man tryout that I'm sure you've oh. seen a million times, like with a, like a the spot, I think it is. Yeah. And it's like at the natural history museum. Like I got asked to do that and like, yeah, all those pages sold. <laughs> like, yeah. Like it, yeah, yeah. Right. It was cool. It's like, Oh cool. Now I'm in Marvel system. That's nice. Yeah. Uh, like, but it's like, Oh, now I've got these pages. Like, oh, what do I do with these now? And I just sold them. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, it, uh, right now is a good time to draw Marvel stuff, whether yeah. you work for the company or not, cause it's going to sell. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, well kind of like winded down a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. but as we're winding down, I mean, we are a comic book podcast. We typically, you know, most of our guests are like yourself, you know, creators. Um, yeah. but we all work in the industry pretty much for one reason. And it's because at some point we were hardcore or readers yep. and yeah. that's, how, that's what brought us to the table. So we kind of like to do a little round table of what are you reading, man? What's on the nightstand, you know, oh, man, uh, lay it on us. What, what, okay. What, what so you, I just, what should we check out? I'm a big, I like remender a lot. Okay. Uh, so I've, I've okay. just read, uh, I'm done with seven to eternity. That was great. Um, Deadly Class is awesome. I just read the first two issues of his uh, new book, A Righteous Thirst for Vengeance. I have the first issue. It's pretty it's good. It's fucking rad. Yeah. It's what so is that good. one about? What is that about? I'm not totally sure yet, but the art rules. <laughs> like it's okay. It's it's kind of about this guy who, like, the first issue is basically like him, like living in Toronto, and then he's like. It's, it's very like kind of a slow burn so mm-hmm. far. Yeah. And it's basically he stumbles upon a murder scene. And oh. like, it's like this crazy murder scene. And like, but it, like it's, most of it's just about him, like his everyday life. But uh, like you get the feeling that like he's kind of involved in like uh, something deeper. Yeah. Um, and maybe he's involved or he knows a way to solve it or something like that. Um, that's good. Then I read. Uh, also went really into Brubaker. The Reckless books are awesome. Oh, I love those. The new one of those. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, I just got Friday from him. Uh, oh. You guys know about this? No, no, oh, no, no. What is this? It's Marcos Martin uh, oh, okay. drawing. And it's like, it's really cool. It's it's basically like they're. Is it black with, and white? No, no. It's okay. Color. But it's uh, the, but the deceiving cover. Yeah. How do you think that? But uh, it's kind of a riff on like young adult books. So like almost like uh, these two kids have like an Encyclopedia Brown-esque type relationship with their town. And then they grow up and one sticks around to keep doing that. And one goes off to college and is home for like Christmas break. And they have a weird dynamic and she kind of falls back into working on cases with them again almost begrudgingly even though there's a weird vibe between them because they tried to fool around at one point and it was weird because they're friends it's 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 a cool book Uh, and it seems like it's going to be a series that sounds really interesting and 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 like and that's just like 
a part of it like it seems like there's a lot of like occult stuff going on in the background oh. and that's just like i just told you the human part of the story yeah yeah and but that's what makes it more interesting though is when the characters seem i think more relatable but then mm -hmm. also it's like oh hey yeah there's also a portal that opened oh, yeah. in the woods <laughs> right, right. we gotta we gotta that's, <laughs> yeah. yeah we gotta fuck with cthulhu or something now yeah know? like <laughs> but like wasn't it weird that she tried to fuck me last summer <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah 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 i know there's demons come on but we, i really want to discuss what happened at that party yeah, yeah, last week yeah. that was weird <laughs> yeah <laughs> so it is great brubaker's awesome um and let's see uh, i'll plug a couple of my friends um uh, books mm. i'm reading what's the furthest place from here uh tyler boss and matt rosenberg probably doesn't need my plug because that book's doing very well killing but, it yeah yeah uh dead dogs bite another tyler boss joint um what else am i reading uh i read the batman Fortnite one shot that my buddy josh hickson drew i had no idea what was going on but hickson was an awesome yeah it looks awesome it's all about um, yeah it. yep, yep. <laughs> um the Thing by Tom Riley uh, is awesome. And um, I'm just putting out stuff right now. Blue Flame by Adam Gorham. Awesome. Too. Oh, who, who's publishing that? Vault. Vault. Uh, you know, Vault's interesting. I, I, I never see their books up here. In Alaska, we just have one comic shop. Right. But I online, I love their... They've got a really good... like. I, the covers they do and stuff are always really interesting. I'm always like, oh, mm -hmm. fuck, I got to get my hands on some of these books. They yeah. look really interesting. They, they, that's the thing. They've got like a lot of good books uh, yeah. coming out through them. I got a lot of friends working for them and I'm trying to like, be like, yo, let me do, I want to, I want to do something with you guys. I want to do some yeah. covers or something for them because like, they're always cool. And like uh, the, the guy that does their, all their logos is like their art director. So he kind of art directs the cup. Yeah. Like, he I does met, a great job of that. Stuff. I met them a few years ago when they were real, like they were just getting rolling. Mm -hmm. This is probably like five or six years they, ago. They usually sit behind way blue world at Seattle. Yeah. So, yeah. Like, that's I, probably I think, out. That's probably where I met them was at, I think it was at Seattle ECCC. Yeah. And uh, they, uh, yeah, they just had a couple of books at the time and they seemed like really cool guys. And then like, you know, a couple of years later, all of a sudden they're like blowing up and, oh, man. you know, being featured here and there. And I was like, oh shit, like fuck. probably yeah. should have followed that email up. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, right, <laughs> right. God damn it. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, uh, yeah. That's great. Cool, man. All right. Yeah. Well, Bri, what do you what do you read, man? What do you got? What can you recommend to yeah. us? Well, this is something that you've talked about before. And I think we briefly talked yeah. about it last week, but then I realized I'd never read it. So I, wow. I picked it up and I am halfway through it and I love every bit of it. And that's uh, Punisher the Platoon by uh, Garth Ennis and uh, Goran Parlov. Goran Parlov. Oh, yeah. Goran Parlov. Yeah. And dude, I fucking love it, dude. Like told you. I yeah. love I love the fact that I'm I'm reading this and um and I and I appreciate Garth Ennis had to either know some Vietnam veterans or he did his research on mm -hmm. on the right like, research on what enlisted people think of officers because he made yeah. you know Frank Castle the complete opposite it's like every every enlisted uh veteran or service member's wet dream to have an officer like him who who doesn't come in with an ego and then yeah. actually listens to the enlisted people and just says, yeah, man, I want to learn from you. What do you think we should do instead of, uh, you know, just trying to act like they're high and mighty? 
I gave that book to my father-in-law who's career yeah. military, you know, yeah. loved it. Yeah. Loved wow. it. He was like, this hits it. Nail right on the head. This yeah. is amazing. Yeah. yeah. I had wow. a I had a lieutenant my last year that I was in, you know, second lieutenant, just a just a boot motherfucker. And uh <laughs> you know, he we were the same age, you know, but he yeah. he went to college and I and I hadn't gone to college yet. And uh does that automatically make you a lieutenant when you so yeah, so if you higher rank, you, you have know, to yeah. have uh you have to have a, a bachelor's degree to be uh to be an officer in the military. Um, yeah. and then you go to officer training school instead of, uh, you know, boot camp or offer okay. officer candidacy school, which is OCS. Yeah. Um, you know, and this guy just, you know, he was 22 or 23, like I was at the Ooh. time. And, but he was Ego. in charge of everybody, you know, Ego, just, oh. Ego was soaring oh, on that one. <laughs> so high. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you, you see how he does it in the book and, um, it's great, man. And then. Uh, obviously the art is just on par you know goran parla i mean i i gavin you can uh, i think mm. you, you could see it like you see kind of those those hints of like joe kubert-esque where it's like yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Like just the way quality. the bodies move and mm -hmm. like the mm -hmm. the like the the weight of the characters he's able to convey that in a way where you're just like fuck like i don't know i yeah there's something about i don't know how he does it but he's he's it's the that, man it's it's that line to yeah. you like it's 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 almost got a wee bit of shake to it, like Joe's did. Yeah, like I, I think that I, I can definitely see that. And then, yeah, everything does feel supernatural and almost too easy. Too easy. But then I, I've talked but to people who worked yeah. worked with him. And they said like, oh, he spends forever because well, he's kind of a bit of a minimalist, um, right? You know, in terms of like what's down on the page, right? But because there's yeah. no wasted line. Anyways, sorry, Brian. Oh no, that's okay. Off. I I like that. Um, the other thing I liked was just like the storytelling of it, of how you know it's all told in flashbacks. You know, you get the group yeah. of the Vietnam vets around the table. Um, essentially, you know, they're telling this writer or whatever the story, and then you know they're reminiscing, and that's very uh, it's very realistic. I want to say mm -hmm. of of getting a group of vets together. You know, and 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 having them having them talk about somebody like that. Those pages you're talking about. When I go and t like, you know, sometimes I'll have to talk to like young student art mm -hmm. students or something. They'll hit me up, and they want to know about like how to do like conversation pieces. Yeah, I set reference some of those pages because mm. I think that that's it's so hard to do a bunch of people in a crowded setting having an intimate conversation, right. but still make it feel like you have to have good storytelling on the page, but you also have to, um, you know, like set up the geography of the like landscape mm -hmm. of that table properly. Right. And so like, sometimes when you've got people talking over each other and there's a ton of dialogue, it gets really hairy, really fast, mm -hmm. but those pages, especially with a yeah. lot of people and writers, not necessarily being aware of the geography of where everyone is sitting too. Right. Exactly. They're just like, yeah. Oh, it's five guys sitting at a table. It's fine. Right. And then boom, boom conversation. You're like, Oh my God, how am I supposed to structure this to make it seem make sense? But Parlov, he fucking nailed him and him and uh, the writer just, they NS, just yeah. get it. Yeah. Get yeah. NS, yeah. They just fucking nail it. But anyways, yeah. No, that was I'm so it, glad man. you brought, I'm, I'm so glad you brought those pages up. Cause like those yeah. are, that is the, those pages, I think, in my opinion, are evidence of like a true master of uh, the comics craft right there. Mm -hmm. I like it. But yeah. yeah, I'm about halfway through it right now. I'll probably finish it tonight. Um, 
I was actually reading it. I was just continuing to read it before, right before we recorded too, because I'm. Oh. I just I love it, man. It's a it's a great great read so far. Awesome. What about you? Then I'm. I read so a couple weeks back. We had the uh, we had the guys from Eighty Percent Studios down yes, in Seattle. Uh, they were on promote talking about you know their book Chickaloonies. Um, and, uh, we asked them like, Hey, what do you recommend? Like, what are some cool, like, cause they're like, oh, they love like, what is it? Uh, what do they call it? Like gutter art. Yeah. What they're calling it. Yeah, like they so. love like bleeding ink, like, you know, indie comics, that whole thing. Mm. And they recommended this book called old city blues. I don't know if you guys heard of this. Okay. Um, I have it on, by, in, uh, on my wish list right now. Okay. By Janice Milo Noginanis. I'm sorry, I butchered that last name, uh, Janice, or I think that's how you I think say it's his Giannis. First name. Is it Giannis? Okay, yeah. Giannis. I'm sorry, Giannis. I'm a piece of shit. I'm so <laughs> sorry. Anyways, Old City Blues. That's the title of it. It was uh, like a, a webcomic, and then Arcana or Arkea picked it up, and they put out two volumes of it. And mm-hmm. it's very Blade Runner ish, but it's like. <sighs> it's very like webcomic or it's just like loose. There's a example of the pages where like, wow. he's not dot killing himself over getting the lines. Perfect. He's kind of taking that Kubert approach of like getting it down, but also like a little bit of a, there's not a lot of wasted line. Like everything serves a purpose. And so I'm reading that and I'm almost done with the first volume and it's really good. It's really good. It's definitely, if you're in that, like I, you know, blade runner, um, what any of that kind of like uh noir sci-fi type stuff i highly recommend it uh the, the guys that you know Demi and casey were completely right it uh it's definitely worth it and i think i'm gonna buy volume two because they also said volume two was they thought better like it really okay like, oh, cool. volume one was where they were really kind of figured the, the creator was really figuring out what I think they were doing with the character and the setting and sure. then volume two, it really like picks up super fast, but yeah, I'm really nice. enjoying it. Um, it's one of those things like as an artist, I tend to get loaded down and like trying to like draw panels perfectly how I envision them. Mm-hmm. And so I've gotten to that point where I kind of lust after the guys that are just like super loose and just like get the info down and then mm-hmm. they move on. Cause it's like, Oh, they're only focused on the story. That's it. They're just focused on it. where I get like, Oh, I got to make sure this cup of coffee looks fucking perfect. It's right. not going to, but I got to, really, it's got to look good. It's got to look good. trying that, to put that, to- a Toto logo on a shirt in our comic. I spent two right. hours trying to get a Toto logo on a t-shirt of a character that appears in like one panel uh-huh. and then ended up it not working out. And so I just like, well, this t-shirt's plain. Yeah. Total waste of fucking time. But I was like, oh, I want to get this Toto logo. I think that's the problem we you and i are going to have with having gabe bridwell as a teacher yeah thanks gabe <laughs> yeah whatever happened to gabe gabe bridwell bright was he, the guy who came in oh, and was like let me show you how things are going in the industry right now and he like updated that entire curriculum like mm-hmm. he showed you oh, yeah. everything you needed to know and then he was working on this like gorilla-esque kind of project like gorillas like the band and then he just faded away into the ether and nobody knows where he's at. Do you my know, class, Gavin? My class was the last class he taught. And okay. then he moved back to Illinois. I think he might still be working with Adam in some capacity. Okay. Doing like, but well, we can't I, say. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah. like, which is, I kind of, I kind of want to, because I have a funny story about, I mean, I don't think it's secret. Uh, it, well, it publicly is. it is. Publicly all right. It all right is. Yeah. We can't, we can't. All right. All right. But, Anyway, I, 
I think he's still doing that, but um I know he had like a big like IKEA contract for a while doing Oh um, really? Yeah, he was doing I think that's how he was making well, anyways, he had a big IKEA contract and I think he was doing that for a while like the you know how they have the instructions. He was putting that all that kind of stuff together Damn, and like, that's those, a perfect job for him. Yeah. And so I don't know if maybe he just steered more into that. Um, but he was working. I do you remember that he was posted like the, there's pages the online. Happy Samurai stuff. Yeah. Happy Sam. Awesome. That's right. Happy Samurai. Yeah. He had covers. He had like five pages, tons of concept work for it. Mm-hmm. And then it just like, it just stopped. I don't know what happened yeah. to it. But he, he was also the guy like, like his class, what he taught us in this class, like he was supposed to teach like in the curriculum, like he condensed it down to be like, this is what you got to, this is, this is what you need. But now for right. the rest of the semester, I'm going to make you work on stuff that other classes shouldn't be teaching you, but necessarily aren't or things that you really need to know. So he was letting us know like the inside, what's going on at DC, what's going on at Marvel. Okay. Here's who you need to look out for. Here's who's cool. Here's the type of person that would like cater to your art style or your art style. Right. And like this, this person wouldn't like what, you know, person X does, but you know, it, it, it was I don't know. He was, he was probably one of the be- better teachers we had at Kubert school. Um, is he would also break down storytelling and comics and just like kind of expose us to like what else was out there, what else was possible rather than like what a, we were shooting for a lot with like, uh, I think like the main focus is like everyone's trying to get those big two jobs and he's like, sure. no, look what else is available. I think he, he was the first person to show me who John Paul Leon was. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. So like yeah. he she, he brought in Winterman and was like, "You guys need to look at this book." Yeah, he was really good at exposing you to like other avenues of the industry, and like mm-hmm. I remember he was the only guy that broke down of like, "Hey, these are the companies you don't want to work for. You can get a job there, but right. they're gonna you're not gonna get paid." And then like he was right. the first guy to like even have conversations about like these are the page rates, and then gave us like write all this down. Here's all the, you know, this is how you get emails of editors at companies. This is how, you know, like. Here's the formula. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Even now, like pros won't, like I've had conversations with pros, guys that I've been working with like side by side for months and I'll hit them up and they'll be like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, you're full of shit. You do know what this company pays. You do know what the emails are. Yeah, right. You're why? And, and yeah, it's one of those where you're like, I'm not trying to steal your job. I just want to know if I'm getting ripped off, man. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, yeah. I think it's good to have like a nice, I, I, I keep, you know, my circle of friends. Like, it's like, you know, we're all, we all trust each other. Like it's good to have that rates conversation and who's yeah, doing definitely. what. If you ever want to get a room of comic book professionals to all of a sudden get very quiet and start asking what rates are and know what, and all of a sudden, and it's like, we're all getting paid the same, man. Like it's not, yeah. there's not that big of a discrepancy, at least it's, lay down what it, you, what yeah, you it, make. It, yeah. it should be like, it's like, oh, because if person, if someone else is getting paid more than me working for the same company, it's like, oh, cool. I can get that. I'll ask for that yeah. for my next job. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's not, it yeah. shouldn't be a big deal. Yeah, I, it's it's there's a weird aspect of the I'd say the the comic industry that well, I, I think that's industry as a whole. People we've been conditioned so? to not really talk about how much money we make. Yeah, yeah, and I get it from like a polite like being polite, but like at the same time, like you know, really most, employers love it when you don't talk about that, so they can underpay people. 
Right. Yeah. And like, I mean, there's always been that issue with, co- especially now we, mm-hmm. we see the type of success that's happening with like Netflix and all that stuff. Like companies mm-hmm. are doing very, very well before they're now mainstream where before they were in the, like, yeah. no one cared. Yeah. Um, there's just, there's more at stake now. And it, it bothers me that nobody, that, that, yeah. but anyways, Gabe was one of those guys that like, he was very upfront with all that stuff. And like, mm-hmm. these are the rates and, um, yeah, but I just I wish I knew what was going on. Like I've seen him pop on like online he, here and there. La- but last I heard, when I when I announced that I got Star Trek, he congratulated me on Twitter, which I was like, "Oh, Gabe still exists." Fuck yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was cool. So I honestly like I, I think might be helping Adam still or doing working with him in some capacity. Yeah, but meh. Don't know. Yeah. So I, he was one of those, my more favorite guys from the Kubert school. And I mm-hmm. really, he's one of those guys so talented that um, he helped me out a few times with like some business stuff. And then just like when I was getting like portfolios together early on, when I was right out of school, you know, like around like 2012, mm-hmm. 2011, that was probably my first time, last time I talked to him. And then, um, yeah, I think there was a few times like I got a few gigs and he was like, oh, nice work. And I was like, oh, Gabe's around. And then I reached out to him and nothing. And I'm like, God right. damn it. Ah, I know you're out there, Gabe, somewhere. It's a mystery. Yeah. I just wish you'd do Happy Samurai's as like a webcomic or something. Just put it out. Why not? Unless yeah. it's wrapped up someplace and like maybe it's wrapped up in licensing hell. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe yeah. he's got a... I don't know. That doesn't sound like Gabe. Like I feel like no. Gabe, Gabe, Gabe is too much of a control freak to give any sort of ownership of. Yeah, I, I don't mean that in insulting. I think I mean no. highest regards. Like yeah, like I think he's too smart to license yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, he was way too. Uh, yeah, Gabe was. I'd say one of the better minds. Like when I heard that he wasn't teaching anymore, it, a part of me kind of like was like, ah, oh, fuck, because he was so good and so uh-huh. invaluable as a just for, especially coming out of third year. Yeah, like that last year because he really prepared you for like what you were jumping into, mm-hmm. and um, and he brought in like I know like you know I mean I don't know where people view the artist now, but like at the time when like Sean Murphy was blowing up as like this big newcomer, mm-hmm. he brought him into the school to give a real like to give demos and give real talks about like hey this is what's going on in my career like this that. is yeah like he did a lot of uh, like he brought in some really big name artists to talk to you know to talk to the yeah. students which. That, that was super important at that time too. You know what I mean? Like you yeah. need that. You I know? remember he brought in like Maury Hollowell, like yeah. right, right after civil war to like yeah. do a coloring demo for us. And I, yeah, he just, he had connections in the industry in like a way yeah. where I'd, I was like, Holy shit. No one's getting these guys to come and talk. Yeah. He brought know? in uh, Raphael Albuquerque right before he blew up. Oh wow. But like yeah. Fabio moon and Gabriel Ba as they were blowing up. Yeah. Uh, like right, like right when they had just done Day Tripper, he brought. Oh wow! Yeah. Um, wow. Man, I'm trying to think who else he brought in. I think he brought in Shane Davis because, like, he's well. Yeah, they were like, yeah. yeah, they graduated together. Yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah. Other than that, I think the only guest we ever had come in was we had Darwin Cook and Jimmy Palmiotti came in. Oh, that's cool. Uh, yeah, which was pretty epic. I have to be admit that was Darwin Cook was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I. I'd only heard good things about him. I guess he was supposed to speak at the graduating class after uh, the year oh. after I graduated, but then he couldn't make it. It was before he passed, he got, obviously. Yeah. But like, yeah. I, don't think, I don't think he was near the end yet. So, yeah. 
Um, yeah. Yeah. Such a bummer. We don't, we can't end this on a, on a dark note. No, 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 uh, so, so man, you're blowing up. You're, you're killing it. You're, 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 you've broken, you're doing like mainstream shit on like, everybody knows, you you know, everybody knows Star Trek. You got to be living, right. yeah. even if you, you can live in Antarctica. And, and the mirror what. universe is so freaking cool too. So yeah. yeah. Cause you get all the bad guys, which is fucking badass. Right. I get yeah. to do, you know, sexy buff Picard. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say yeah. every. I was looking at some of the stuff. I was like, dude, none of these guys wear sleeves. I like this. Like, yeah, that's what they. It's so funny when they they offered this to me. They were just like, everyone's hot and everyone's buff, and I was like, <laughs> okay, yeah, let's yeah cool. I can do this. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And like, uh, you know, it's funny. Like Wesley Crusher has like this Bart Simpson type hair, you know, like just spiky hair. And I don't think he's like, I don't think he was supposed to anymore. But like. He had had it in like one of the mirror universe issues, and I'm just like, I'm gonna roll with that. Yep, I'm hell yeah, doing that. Um, Data's got Borg parts. Uh, you know, Deanna Troy is like, like evil and hot, mm-hmm. and it's great. And uh, Riker's got big ass scar. It's so much fun to draw. It's just ridiculous. And like, sometimes I'm drawing this stuff, and I just kind of can't help but laugh. Like oh, that's awesome. War- Worf is always yelling in every panel I draw. Good. Um, I'm doing my be. best to make. Uh, uh, oh god. See, in the mirror that? universe, though, I feel like Worf yeah. should just be like a normal nice guy, you know, since he's <laughs> right, a Klingon right. warrior in the regular universe. <laughs> right. That's funny. Um, oh, who am I thinking of? Uh, uh, Miles. Uh, Oh, uh, O'Brien. O- O'Brien. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say O'Reilly and I was like that's not right. O- O'Brien, I'm trying to make O'Brien as sweaty as possible yes. every time I draw him. He's yes. just like constantly dripping with sweat. I mean, he's working and, like, in the I engine think... room. That's what he should be doing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I'm I'm just having fun with it. It's great. That's awesome, like, man. I the, I get to like it's almost relaxing because I'm coming off of, you know, my passion project, right? And I'm uh or I guess taking a break from my passion project to do Star right. Trek. Yeah. And uh, so when I get back to volume three, like I'll be rejuvenated, but like, I'm having fun with it because like, I'm, I know things have to be right and I'm doing it, but like, I'm not uh, like killing myself over it. So it's like, okay, sure. I've got to draw the enterprise. Here's well, you may not be killing yourself, but you are killing, killing it, sir. It. Well, yeah. So where can people, we're uh, you know since we're right at the end, tail end here uh where yeah. can people follow you you got a website social media yeah uh twitter and instagram is gavin p smith p for gavin patrick yeah uh I'm, I'm mostly all my updates you can find there i have a website which is gavinsmithcomics.com which i haven't updated in a while and that's my fault usually i do it like once a year but uh <laughs> I uh, I've been really bad about it. So Twitter and Instagram is the best way to find me. Um, order books on uh, from Dead Legends at awayblueworld.com or at your local comic shop if they're cool. We'll we'll put links to yep. all that too. Yeah. Um, and I, I'll, I'll probably hit you up if you got any like like pages that you or like images from those books that you want us to like put in the notes uh, for the episode when this goes sure. up on Substack tomorrow. Uh, by all means. Okay. Yeah, that or yeah. I'm just gonna snag stuff online, you know. That's for- fine too. Yeah. Okay. Like whatever. And then uh, I've got uh, art rep, modern mythology, comic art, where you can get pages and stuff. Cool. Uh, Excellent. Very cool. Yeah. And that's, that's pretty much it. Yes. Do you want to? T- 
Do you want to take us home, my man? I do. All right, Tiger Cubs. Thanks for tuning in today. Uh, as you know, uh, if you want to be at the hub of all things Blue Tiger Revenge, Operation Blue, uh, everything that we do here, uh, you need to be a subscriber on our Substack. That's bluetigerrevenge.substack.com. Uh, that's where you're, that's, that's the hub, the hub of blue tiger revenge. Okay. Um, every episode is going to get posted there. Every new page of, uh, operation blue, which I've just seen some of the roughs that, uh, Tad is working on right now. And they look amazing for page three. So very excited to show you all that for you all to see that. Um, but you got to subscribe. You got to subscribe. All right, hit that subscription button, and all of that is going to go directly into your inbox, okay? Uh, if you want to send us a message. Um, good or bad. Good or bad. That's true. Good or bad. We'll take either. We'll take any. I don't care. Um, bring it. Bring it. Ooh, bring those Cheeto fingers over here. Um, yeah. You can do that at Blue Tiger Revenge. Send us an email, Revenge at substack.com. Um, and... Finally, uh, Gavin, want to thank you again for coming on, man. This has been a lot of fun. My absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me, guys. Absolutely. And uh, Tad, that is all I have. Do you have anything else? I do. We will be at Emerald City Comic Con. Yes, we will. Holy shit. How did I forget that? Yeah, December, I believe, 3rd and 4th. Friday and Saturday. Friday and Saturday. We will be there at the Critical Entertainment booth, uh, hanging out. I'll be selling some books, promoting mm-hmm. a book that's coming out through them. Um, Selfies and, are 10 uh, bucks. That's right. If you want to get pictures with us, it's going to cost you. It's going to cost you. Um, but other than that, these teats are completely out of milk, my yeah. friends. So I've, uh, I've got one more thing. I'll be oh, shit. Eat. Drop it. I'll Hit. be at C2E2. Uh, Boom. I'm not sure what my table number is yet, but I believe the dates are December 10th through 12th. Uh, I'll be in Artist Alley. Uh, Come see me there. We'll have fun. Tell them you want the Blue Tiger special. There you go. Blue Tiger special. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Which is is double the price of my normal. There it is. (laughs) There it is. There it is. Yeah, but other than that, I think we're all out of milk, sir. All right. Well, if that is the case, what time is it? Hit the music.